eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the Dort Podcast. It's the Dort Podcast. Which Keith? It's the Dort Podcast. Hashtag. It's the Hashtag Dort Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Hashtag Dork. I am once again your host, Rich Keith, joined by Ryan Davey. Davey, how are you? I am once again Ryan Davey. Yes, you always are. Or I was listening to uh, Mac and Goo on the way in here today, and it's, of course, hashtag Dorktober. Happy Dorktober to everybody. Or if you're listening over there, uh, Macabre and Ghoul. The Macabre. And they referred to us as Rich Creep and Rotten Davey. Rotten Davey? Okay. I'll take that. Not a bad little, uh, you know, Simpsons sort of Treehouse of Horrors nickname there, so I'll, I'll take that. As we're going to begin to give you Dorktober content all month long we have the top 50 horror movies later on that's going to be a three-part series which i'm excited for this week we're going to be doing batman the long halloween but we'll also give you some horror comics and davy's got a whole bunch of horror video games in store but before we do that ryan uh any child actors that we may have missed from a week ago i know we missed a bunch and we got some emails we got some uh, tweets about it any that you want to uh bring up here now uh, I think we mentioned him on on like a as a sidekick to another one, but I think Sean Astin belongs on this list. Sean Astin's one, I think. Yeah, that's a good one. Brooke Shields, Uncle Buck tweeted at us. That was definitely one we should have mentioned. I was thinking we too, should have mentioned her, but she was she's a terrible actress. She yes, she was. But Alice, sweet Alice, I thought she was pretty good. Yeah. And uh, Brad Renfro, uh, rest in peace, from rest in peace. The Client was really good. I don't know how old yeah. he was, but he was he was pretty young in that. I would imagine. How about Jonathan Brandis speaking of rest in peace? Yeah, now the story with Jonathan Brandis is it goes a little something like this. He was in the movie It and he was also in Sequest and a number of other things. Ladybug bu- with Rodney Dangerfield, let's not yep. let's not forget. Now I believe, Ryan, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this one, he ended his own life and part of the reason was his career wasn't as good as he got older as it was when he was younger. Correct. Oh, so man. that's a that's a that's a that's a tough story. That's a hard. Yeah. That's a really hard way to begin a podcast. <laughs> well, it is the macabre. This week in the 
lot of good stuff here, though, Ryan. How about this little nugget? Michelle Williams is in talks to star in the Venom movie with Tom Hardy. Imagine putting those two together. As who, though? I don't know. Is what I'm wondering. I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. S- Spider Gwen? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I think I think like I think uh, Eddie Brock's love interest. So who knows how big of a role she would have? But you don't get an actress like that to be in it for five minutes. No, absolutely not. I don't know, but that'd be exciting because re- regardless of what universe that is in, maybe you can get yourself a good Venom story. I- again, if you just told me there's gonna be a Venom movie, I would say probably not gonna be very good. But once you say Tom Hardy's in and Michelle Williams is maybe in, that sounds a whole lot better. Yeah, I, I would. I'm. I'm on board. That means that, you know, if she's read a script and he's read a script and they said both said they're in, it has to be pretty strong, right? It's got to be something. I would, I would really hope so, yes. Yeah. Uh, something that was not strong was the television show The Mist. It ran on Spike for a season and it has since been canceled. This was a Dude, uh, complete lack of interest. <laughs> this is pretty much nobody yeah. was nobody was in on the mist, so that is done. Something that people are in on or were in on and will forever be in on is Rick and Morty, and season three is in the books, Ryan. And I dare say, season three, the best season of Rick and Morty. Definitely the most consistent is if season three, because what I found was that like there were some definitely you know things. Uh, in seasons one and two, you know, the Meeseeks, Mr. Poopy Butthole, Get Swifty. I mean, these are all things that we talk about in the first two seasons. Mr. Meeseeks. But kind of, kind of up and down. Yeah. This you was, know, this was just consistent the entire time. It's consistently good the entire season. Ten ridiculously good episodes. This is a show that if, you're, if you haven't watched this, it wouldn't take you too long to, to watch them all because they're half hour or even less when you take out the commercial episodes. And just hilarious like it's it's really good one of those shows that's just so over the top but then it's also so smart the care the main characters you'll really love so i couldn't recommend rick and morty enough i think we could maybe do a standalone episode i know wes has wanted us to do one for a while we could maybe down the road do that or even just do sort of like adult cartoons like not just the adult swim shows but i like that i like that idea i think there's a lot in in there yeah right i mean with south park and BoJack Horseman and Rick and Morty. There's a there's a lot to go around there. It's pretty good. Sure enough. Speaking of adult programs, Ryan, Curb Your Enthusiasm is back. Did you see yeah, the, yeah, the, the I, season premiere? I did not. I was I was unavoidably detained, but I'm hearing good things. And Larry David has not missed a step. No, it's it's this. It's like he picked up right where he left off. It was really yeah. good. I, I I enjoyed the heck out of that. Also, I think sh- it's just they just put a camera on him and just be like let it let him go. You know I've, what I mean? I think I've, that's I've heard who from he yeah, I've heard from people that have talked to him like in real life that there's that's exactly what he's like. Like there's just <laughs> that's there's no feel there's no like oh turn the cameras on let's get rolling here or let's write this down like that's exactly who he is. Last Man on Earth returned. Kristen Wiig playing a big role, at least in the first episode. I love this show. This is a good Fox show, Last Man on Earth. A couple of other shows. Did you see The Gifted? I did not. I did not nah, see The neither. Gifted. I've kind of, yeah, after, after the uh, Inhumans debacle, I might, might sit a couple episodes out. And if I'm still here, I've heard good things. But if I continue to hear good things, I might jump in on that. But not yet. Well, not there yet. You can't watch everything, Ryan. You can't watch everything. And so The Gifted I have not seen. I'm more likely to see that. The Inhumans, I was going to watch that just because, like, oh, this is good for the show. Maybe we can talk about it even if it's crap. I think it's two hours, the pilot. Oh, my God. I'm like, what are we? Do- what on earth are we doing here? 
You know it was very strong. It's not on our list, but you know it was very strong. It was uh, Saturday Night Live came back this week, and it was quite strong. Ryan Gosling, Jay-Z. Yes, quite strong episode. Yeah, I some saw really, They had some really funny stuff and then some really weird stuff. I didn't see the last, like, half hour plus. Oh, my of God. It. There was this thing with A.D. Bryant was a chicken, and it was just. I'll give that a go. Now, they went oh, back to one of my favorite characters ever, but it wasn't as good this time around where uh, Kate McKinnon plays the uh, the lady that was abducted by aliens. Ms. Ms. Rafferty or whatever Ms. Yeah, name like yeah. She, the first one they ever did was, I. La- that's as hard as I've laughed at SNL in like forever, but now they bring it back and it's just not as good. Like It's funny, but that's the tricky part about recurring characters is you kind of, all right, you kind of played it out. Yeah, right, right. Now, here's another little bit of news, Ryan. Judy Greer. You know who Judy Greer is? I do know who Judy Greer is. Everybody listening, you, you do know who Judy Greer is. She's in whatever you just watched, she was in that. And yep. also Jurassic World, she played the sister of Bryce Dallas Howard. Right. She actually looks a for, lot like Bryce Dallas Howard. Right. And for any Always Sunny fans, she's Fatty Magoo. Yes. In, uh... <laughs> she's in that. She was in Jawbreaker, I believe. She's in a lot of things. Anyway, she might be cast to play Jamie Lee Curtis or Laurie Stroud's, Stroud's daughter in the next Halloween movie, which I think would be that? tremendous. That would be a good That would be great. That would be really good. Speaking of casting news, I know you love casting news, Ryan. I love casting news. Jared Leto is going to play Hugh Hefner in a biopic directed by Brett Ratner. See, I was intrigued until you said the name Brett Ratner. I I was like, I'm out. I don't know how I feel about Leto anymore. He fucking blinded himself to play the role of uh, in Blade Runner, the new Blade Runner. I was like, come on, man. And then he was like... The whole thing with him as the Joker, like sending used condoms to to castmates, like all right, man. Like yeah, uh, there's method, and then there's like, like you said, uh, you believe. I believe you summed it up perfectly yeah. in a tweet when you said you play pretend, right, for a living. You play pretend, and like, I love it. it. Easy. I got yeah, like uh, you have an awesome job. That's a, that's incredible. So many people would love to make movies or TV shows or be an actor. That's awesome. But come on, man, you're not doing. And we anything. get it. Like you're you're an artist and you're dedicated to your craft. Like like so am I, but I don't go out and like. You know, whatever. It's fine. Yeah, I try not to ruin it for everybody. Like, I'm sure Daniel Day-Lewis is zoned in on the character that he plays, but he's not being an asshole to everybody. I don't know. Yeah. He's not going right. out of his way. He's or not, to himself. Yeah, he's not like shit. Actually, I heard like when he was doing, uh, was it My Left Foot or something like that? Like, he actually yeah. like broke a rib sitting in the wheelchair? No, my goodness. Yeah. I heard Marilyn right. Manson uh, removed a few of his ribs so he could service himself. <laughs> I... I remember, like, someone said, pointed out the other day, like, remember when that rumor was going around and people just accepted it? They're like, yeah, that makes sense. That was like, like the no one like, even thought to question it. You're like, oh, yeah, wow, that's crazy. And, like, you'd be surprised. I probably think of that, like, once a year or, like, since that came out. And don't ask me why I thought of it, but I've, I've thought of it where you're like, something will come up with Marilyn Manson or something will come up with, you know, some weirdo story. And you're like, yeah, didn't, didn't they say Marilyn Manson removed ribs? Did you see what just happened to him recently, by the way? He's, he's got a new album, and he went out on tour, and he, he was crushed by his own set on stage. Oh, and he had to go no. to the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't uh, as big as Stonehenge? It no, it was, as... not a, it was not a foam Stonehenge that, was, that itself was going to be crushed by a dwarf. <laughs> but he was crushed by his own Stonehenge. I am a Marilyn Manson fan. We're, we're still the, uh, the uh, one-day episode. We'll go through our high school CD collections. Yeah. And we'll just rip through those. I think a good way of doing it, too, is which 
artists did you have multiple CDs? Because like maybe everybody, oh my God. everybody makes like a mistake, or everybody's like sort of try like I'll try and listen to this, and then like maybe this will be good. But the ones that if you have like multiple of somebody's catalog, then you're in. You you are you are hooked by them. Yeah, I think I last check, I think I have like six Incubus CDs. Yeah, that's that's a lot. I can take that that's out if lot. you want. <laughs> no, but you know what I did do, and this is, might be a little bit of a hot take. I listened to front to back at the behest of my boy, uh, the Fridge from the uh, the Good Brothers podcast. He said, "You listen to Three Dollar Bill, y'all, by Limp Bizkit front to back, and you tell me that's a bad album." No, I won't. I love it. I did. I did. I listened to it, and it's actually pretty good. It's great. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's their best one. I could listen to their other shit ones probably. Yeah. I would have no problem doing that. I recently let's do. I, I went down another one of these wormholes. I was watching a lot of insane clown posse interviews on Howard Stern. Oh Jesus! They were on the other day. Jesus Christ! Were they really? Yeah. And then so I, I'm like, so I dug out my CDs, which I still have, amazingly enough. And so I was, I was listening to a Great Malenko driving around. <laughs> are you? Are, you're a closet juggalo. I am. I am. People are very surprised by that, and it's funny because I'm afraid of clowns, but ironically <laughs> enough, I enjoy their music. I am a juggalo. Great Malenko is their best album. I have like three or four. So that's another band that like I you or whatever you want to call them. They you, a band. You, they have like their own page in my CD book. Anyway, oh, all right, that's that's right. for that's for another time. Ryan, I feel like today, and now this is not in response. I know what some of you are probably thinking. You're saying, "Look at these guys. They're going back to a comic book and they're going back to video games because they recently got called out via Twitter at Dork Podcast. Some guy said that." Well, a listener, so thank you for, for emailing or yep. tweeting us, said that we used to talk about a lot of different dork things, and now he thinks it's just, and I believe these are his words, TV and movie fuckery. I believe is the direct quote is what he said, and now I know what you're thinking. The, the reaction is, look at you guys. You guys are you're cowering to, to one critic out there. We were going to do this anyway. We want to do this anyway. I understand we've done a lot of movie and TV stuff, but frankly, that's that's the that's the hotter thing in the streets right now. And let's and let's just let's just pump the brakes a little bit. The inmates are not running the asylum. Thank you. That's perfect. Thank you. But, Ar- Arkham Asylum. Uh, however, I will say that that does not mean that he was wrong. That's ooh, good. Very very well put. Uh, and as I say to some of my students, you're not incorrect. <laughs> yes. So yeah. we're going to get to the Batman Long Halloween, which is uh, my favorite comic book of all time. We're going to get to other horror comics, but this is, I think, going to be a jam-packed, forget one minute. This is going to be multiple minutes, and we even have some other stuff. What? How about this? Let's play the intro song, Ryan. Then yep. s- come at us with any kind of video game news you may or may not have, and then get into horror video games. How's that sound? Let's hit Let's hit it. It's time for Davey's Video Game Minute. Even if it takes more than a minute. All right, let's, let's enjoy some video games. All right, so just to get some things out of the way first, the big news out of the video game world uh, today is that Blizzard released today that they're doing another Overwatch Halloween special, which... We are all on board for because yes. it was the Junkin Dr. Junkenstein was a four person thing. We just happen to have four people on mm-hmm. our team, so we're all on board in for this. Um, the trailer, the extended trailer for Red Dead Redemption Two came out, which you know I'm very excited for. Red Dead Redemption is probably in my top five games I've ever played in my life. Wow. 
Um, we had to sell Mac on it a little bit. For whatever reason, he hated the first Red Dead Revolver and decided I'm not doing this They anymore. bailed on it. what was a great game, right? But it looks amazing. There's co-op. There's going to be an online component to it, so I've heard. So this game is going to be phenomenal. Yes. Another game that we saw this week that they released another trailer, and there's been some gameplay footage, and they've said they're going to release a beta for is Star Wars Battlefield Battlefront 2. Yes. Which now features a story mode, which seems really cool. Uh, you're part of, you're actually an Imperial TIE fighter person uh, connected to what they call the Inferno Squad, which is really cool. I think they that's showed, what it was um, lacking. Don't you think the first game, Star Wars oh, absolutely. Battlefront? Like, absolutely. And people were, yeah. they were pissed that there was no story mode, and they were pissed that there were no, um, like, uh, plane fights in space. Yeah. So now you're getting both of those. Which is great. And so, because I, I was pretty soured by it. And out of all my games, like, I don't, I have a fraction of the catalog that you have, but looking at on my, on, you know, next to my system, looking at all the games I have, I clearly put the least amount of time into Battlefront. I didn't play it very yeah. much. And it was because, you know, there wasn't, once you got out of the, the novelty wore off, it was not very fun. Right. Um, the a game that's making a big splash this week is a game called Cuphead. Um, which you may not have heard of. It's a it's a bit of a platformer, kind of an old school game. But the the weird thing about this game is it's hand drawn. Oh wow! Um, it's kind of like these old like '40s and '50s cartoon styles. But the the two people who made it actually it took them years to make. They actually hand drew the game. Wow! And people are going nuts about it. I think it's got like a 90 on Metacritic right now. Um, but the sad news, Richard, is you can only play it on PC. Mac or iOS, you yeah. cannot play it on PlayStation. So on. they okay. have a, they have a deal with Steam and with Microsoft that it's just an exclusive there. So it's the one rare occasion that Microsoft beats us in Ugh. that regard. But, right. but that's that. Now um, this is going to be way longer than a minute because I want I pitched this idea to Rich and I thought this would be a really cool idea. Going with Dorktober, I wanted to give you at least five, maybe more, okay. uh, of my five favorite horror video games that are definitely worth playing that you should check out if you're into horror movies and you want to be involved in one here's some you should check out you into that i am very much into that in fact so much so that uh i I was thinking back to some of my experiences there's a lot of games where if you shut off all the lights and you play by yourself at night there's a lot of video games that are sneaky real scary and here are some that will just scare the piss out of you you ready for it i am ready First one, with a bullet, I'm going to say any of the Dead Space series. Yep. Um, and I mention this because this is a great sci-fi horror game. Um, a lot of, you know, jump scares, a lot of, like, scary shit happens in the game. Slight, And I mention it because I would say one of the most highly regarded uh, horror video games of all time is a game uh, from the Alien series, Alien Isolation which is really good, but I think Dead Space, the series, is just a little bit better. It's a little bit meatier. There's three of them. You can play them, and they're, they're phenomenal. So definitely check that one out. Scare the piss out of you. Yes. That kind of good. Um, the next one I'll mention, and this one's kind of cool, um, Outlast, the original Outlast, uh, which I thought was just, a, just almost a masterpiece of a uh, – have you ever played this one? I've not played Outlast. I don't think so. So no. – Picture yourself, you're an investigative journalist, oh, um, and you're, you're sent in to investigate this hospital who is, who, let's just say that their practices are a bit suspect. Okay. And what you have, you are armed with nothing. The only mm. thing you have is an old camcorder, which has night, like the Paris Hilton night vision. Oh, ooh. 
uh, and that's the only thing you can use to see in the dark. And you can't fight. You just have to run. Side note, she was very underwhelming in that video. But underwhelming. Con- continue. Just, yeah, just a pedestrian effort on her part. <laughs> I mean, worse, um, worse. Oh, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. So, spoiler alert, about halfway through the gra- halfway through the game, the screen on the video camera cracks, so you can't really see oh, no. when you use it, but it's haunting. That, the game. Yeah, just, that is. That is one where, yeah, especially if you're, so what was it, what system did you, was this for? This X, uh, PlayStation, Xbox, whatever. Okay, yeah. They, yeah. So these ones, they, they started to get pretty good, and there's a few that fall into that category where you're looking through something in night vision, and it, it that adds a lot of creep yeah. factor to it for sure. Yeah, and that's definitely one with they they encourage you to play with headphones because you hear things like run right. behind you. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's you know, scary. You know what I mean? That's like scaring behind you. Yeah, it's scary shit. Mm-hmm. Um the other one that's kind of an interesting twist, I don't know if you've played this, but uh, Until Dawn, which I think you can get for, like, dirt cheap right now on PlayStation yeah. Network or Xbox Live so. or whatever. Um, amazing game. Uh, Peter Stormare is in it, the guy who's, like, the crazy Russian and everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah he's yeah, the, yeah. the big guy in Fargo, and he's in uh, um, he's on Constantine. He played the devil in Constantine, you know, that, that guy. Yes, yes. Um, he is, like, this uh, psychiatrist, and he's kind of guiding you through this. And it's like Ooh. a choose-your-own-adventure. I do but like plays, that. Uh, you're not going to like one thing about it, but um, mm. I'll get to it in a second. So uh, it's kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure horror game. Like the choices you make affect. Right. Like it's like the butterfly effect, the video game oh. in that regard. Okay. But there's two outstanding performances by well-known, well, three, including Stormare. So you have him, and then you have uh, Remy Malik from Mr. Robot. Oh, wow. a character in it, and it's... Uh, and unfortunately, Richard, one of the best performances in the game is from Hayden Panettiere, who's actually in the game. Oh, the goodness gracious. Well, she's okay. I mean, she's better as an adult than she is as a well, kid. Well, yeah, she's, she's a full-blown adult. Yeah, this, so that's, that's fine. So that's, I'm okay with that. Oh, so it's kind yeah. of an interesting take on the horror survival game, which is, which is nice. Um, but you get to you know, pick and choose like, who dies, who lives, and all the choices. You, you know, one of those cool things. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, definitely yeah. check out Till Until Dawn. Um, and then what I'm going to give you is a list of like four... Like old school one, or actually, I'm going to say The Last of Us is technically an old school game because it was on PlayStation Three. Yeah, that, that's a good one. There's scary moments in that, but just you know, there's zombies and stuff. But it's just flat out one of the best games I've ever played, right. rather than just a horror game. So right. that's why I was a little iffy on that one. Um, so Silent Hill Two, in mm. my mind, uh, you, if you played it on any of the old consoles, is probably the best of that kind of game. Uh, like Resident Evil and Silent Hill, where you're kind of like that. It's like third person, and you, the, the camera changes per room and stuff. Um, the game opens up, and you're just like in fog. If, I don't know if you remember playing Silent Hill too, but I it's, it's absolutely really do. creepy. I was, I was, I was waiting for you to say this one because I was going to ask about it. This one's definitely yeah. scary. Yeah, where you open up and you're just like in fog, and you yeah, don't know where oh you're going. No. Yeah, yeah, and the music is like all fucking weird, and you hear stuff. And I remember this was the first time I remember like being like that was really well written right um because there's a big ending there's a big reveal at the end which is really good and i won't give away too much um i'm gonna turn a light on when i play yeah this. i'm gonna yeah. i'm gonna put this down <laughs> and i'm gonna walk away mm-hmm. and then the other old school game that i played that i remember the first time i i threw the headphones off and was like i'm done uh was a game called fatal frame 2 Ooh. um which you play a a japanese girl who does not run very fast, no, by the way. No. Uh, it's, yeah, it's a very Japanese kind of game, so she kind of like shuffles, like does that like little shuffle. Yeah. I would say she just kind of like, she goes from walking to like a brisk walk. Yeah. You don't of. really run, and there's, you're in this, 
abandoned haunted village and you're looking for your sister and the only way you can see the enemies is by raising a camera hmm. and taking a picture of them with like the camera obscura or whatever they call it. Oh. So you could be like walking along and you'd like hear something and you'd get hit by something and then all of a sudden you bring the it goes from third person to first person. That's crazy. And there's like something like right in your face. And it's very Japanese ghost story kind of thing. So yeah, like, like uh, Ringu. Yeah, very scary. And then I have two honorable mentions, Richard. Okay. Um, and then we'll get to the topic du jour. So Alan Wake is, you know, a, you're a novelist and you're investigating this town and all this stuff, so I don't want to get too much into it. You're never going to play it. I don't think it exists. It's okay. not backwards compatible for thing anymore, but it's a good game. But there's one and listener the that thing, just that, that heard you say that and was like, yes, I love that like, game. Like, yes, Alan yeah. Wake. That game's awesome. Um, and then there's one. It's the best horror game that never was. Have you heard of P.T.? Uh, so Silent Hill was going to get rebooted. It was going to get rebooted. Hideo Kojima was going to reboot the series. It was going to be first person. And they came out with this thing, and you didn't know what it was. It was just called PT, and you could download the demo. And PT stood for Playable Trailer hmm. for a game called Silent Hills, which Norman Reedus was supposed to be from The Walking Dead. Silent Hills? Hills, yeah. Can they and do it, that? So it was a reboot. Oh, it was a, re- it was a reboot oh, got it, got of it, Silent it. Hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And, uh... The ch- it was probably the scariest thing I've ever played ever. And then uh, Kojima was off the project. He like remember he like quit Konami like famously like he like said like fuck this and like walked away from Konami. Mm-hmm. So that game died. He was like that game was done and he just like scrapped it. So it never was released. It was never released. And not only that, when he quit Konami, they pulled the thing off. You can't play it anymore. Wow. I mean, if you watch like a YouTube clip, you can watch somebody play it. It is you're in a house and like you're it, it but it's first person and it's the scariest goddamn thing I've ever played. Nice. And it's and it, there's only like if you do it like a like a speed run, there's only probably like twenty thirty minutes of gameplay. Nice. But it's ridiculous, ridiculously scary. And that game is never going to get made. I'll have to check. So that it was out. kind of a waste. But it's it's become legendary, and I will mention that I do recognize that Resident Evil does exist. Um, they were nice. decent games, but not ever my favorite. I would throw in um, from my trip to Dave and Buster's that Dark Escape 4D game. I would throw yeah, that. Yeah, I gotta check that out. <laughs> that was scary as shit. Would you actually? I would just like to be outside it and listening to you. Oh, I was inside, screaming! Like... I was screaming! I'm surprised that like the police <laughs> didn't like come in there and think uh, like everything was okay. Like I was losing my mind. Would you consider Doom a horror game? I would. Um, and the original Doom, and I was, this list I made was the scariest games I've ever played. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So that's why, like, I, like, The Last of Us, like, I mentioned it, but it's not, like, the scariest game I've ever played. You know what I mean? Right. Whereas, same with Resident Evil. Like, those are great games, but that to me, they're not very scary. They don't scare the pants off you. The other, oh, it, no. Like, no. this one wasn't super scary, but the PC game that you played in high school, Alice, was oh yeah i mean it's more of a fantasy game but it's i I thought kind of with horror elements because again for those who haven't played it it's like alice but sort of in the real world where she comes back from wonderland tells people what she saw nobody believes her she like then turns to i would say drugs she tries to kill herself and then she ends up having to go back and then now wonderland is all messed up and she has to like make it right again it's a crazy game it's nuts it was nuts and i remember you like You'd be like, you're gonna play? I'm like, yeah, I'll play. He's like, all right, cool. And like, you would like pull your chair over and like watch. Me I like play. to like, watch. You want... I would like, yeah. And I, I usually like to play video games, uh, but that was one where I could watch it. And the, the other thing is, speaking of Marilyn Manson, he was at one time 
connected to a movie that was going to be like that, sort of based off of that, they were going to make it into a movie, and he was yeah, going to be in it. Yeah, was he going to be like the Mad Hatter or something like I that? I think he was going to be the Mad Hatter, and then Which, or like the Cheshire Cat. Like it was going to be crazy. Like I remember reading that too, and it was like that's nuts. And, and then, they never made it. Yeah, that was before the Bur- the Tim Burton one. So then they made that. Yep. So I think that's definitely on the shelf. But that was like a dark. Alice in Wonderland, which is pretty cool. So, and I, I'm I'm hearing that American McGee, the guy who made that game, is like begging people to like let him like give him money to develop another one. Interesting. And like no one wants it. So That's he's odd. got the game. That, that like, was cool. Yeah. That was that was really fun. That was a good that was a good game. So there you go. There's some uh, the best and scariest video games. Before we get into the topic of show, Ryan, in addition to Batman: The Long Halloween, there are plenty of other good choices. If you're looking for comic books that might give you a little bit of the scares, a little bit of the frights this month, I think one that we could certainly both speak to is American Vampire, which is tremendous. Sure. And if you haven't read it, you should read it anyway. But if you're just looking for something that, that fits Dorktober, American Vampire right up there at the top. And if, you, if you've already read it, I'd say read it again. It's that good. I would say read it again is right. And then so Scott Snyder, who did that, he's written a lot of Batman properties as well. He did a, a book called Witches a while ago, and he also did a book called Severed. Severed, I think they were both good. I think neither one of them stack up to American Vampire. So like, if you haven't read any of them, it's clearly go with American Vampire. But if you're interested in Scott Snyder books, those are worth checking out. Uh, you know, Maybe your library or maybe your friend has them. I wouldn't necessarily go and, and pay top dollar for those, but those were, those were pretty good reads. I, I, didn't mind. I don't know if you read either one of those, but they were decent. I read the first volume of Witches. Yeah, okay. I did read that, yeah. Not bad. It doesn't, not bad. I think it takes place good. in New Hampshire, too, I think. It does, yeah. yeah. That's why it, was, it drew me to it. So that's not bad. Uh, Lock and Key, I've mentioned on a number of times. I get, that probably loosely fits in the horror genre. It's probably more, again, fantasy and some of the outlandish stuff, but there's like a scary kind of element to it, so I'll check out Lock mm-hmm. and Key, especially with the with the show likely coming to Hulu soon. Uh, another Batman book would be The Arkham Asylum book by grant morrison was ridiculous it was ridiculous and probably some of the best art i've ever seen in a graphic novel remember that was even the cover is just nuts it's so weird like it it might turn you off like because you're you're looking at it and especially if you go from reading you know the long halloween or year one or dark knight returns like some of these classic ones and then you jump into arkham asylum you're like each page looks like a crazy painting like and a watercolor kind of weird paint, abstract painting. Very, yeah, very abstract. And you have to like squint, and you're like, "Is that a character? Like, is that is that a villain in there? Like, it's it's different, but it's definitely worth a read. Kind of scary. And then the other two I would just throw out there is you can always read some Hellblazer, John Constantine, the whole thing with you know kind of that Justice League dark stuff has some horror elements, and of course The Walking Dead, where I think the comic book or the graphic novel worth checking out, whether you like the TV show or not. I think the the, the, the graphic novel's good. And the only things I would I would add to this list, I have like four. So Hellboy is just mandatory reading for anybody, in yes. this, which isn't really horror, but it's horror elements to it, yeah. demons and supernatural and things like that. Uh, Thirty Days of Night, um, mm. definitely check out. The movie's decent, but the the graphic novel is actually really good. It's just a really cool idea to think of like there are places in the world, like in Alaska, where it's night for a month. I love it. I think well, obviously it, I vampires like would yeah. gravitate there. I thought the That's movie a great was good. Idea. Yeah. Um, the newer one I've started reading is a is a comic called Chew. Have you uh, heard about this? I have heard about it. I've not read it yet. So basically, it, it tells the story of a um, food and drug administration agent named John Chew. I believe his name is. Mm. Yeah, John Chew or Tony Chew. Um, and he 
solves mysteries by eating. Um, he takes bites out of uh, animals, and he's like that's how he has a psychic ability. So if he nibbles on, say, like a dead body, he can figure out how they died. Sort of eye zombie ish. Yeah, eye zombie ish, but a little bit more uh, gross. Dork, if you would, it's very dork. very gross. Yeah. And the other one I've mentioned a couple times in the show is uh, Moonshine uh, by Brian Azzarello uh, and yeah, yeah, Eduardo yeah. Riso. So um, Prohibition era werewolves nice. who are also bootleggers. So nice. definitely check that out. Nice. Now nice. let's move on to the topic du jour now, Ryan. Finally, which is what, Richard? Oh, that, of course, would be the topic of the day. And today it is Batman the Long Halloween. This was an idea pitched by Davey saying how Dorktober really is a long Halloween. Showed up. And that's what we got here. This is... Without a doubt, my favorite comic book of all time, or graphic novel, or collected edition, however you want to say it. This is my favorite one. It was a 13-issue arc that they put together in one collected edition. It was written originally in 1996-97. Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale, you're probably, if you're a comic book fan, very familiar with those names. They have worked together a lot. They did the... uh, they did some other Batman stuff like uh, Haunted Night, which came out before this. Then they did Dark Victory, which was the sequel, which was good. They have also did the color series in Marvel, like your uh, Spider-Man Blue, Hulk Gray, Daredevil Yellow, and I think Captain America White. I believe those are all the ones that they did together. Uh, so it's good. The artwork is really good. The story is really good. And this is also one, Ryan, that Christopher Nolan cites uh, a great deal. Inspiration for The Dark Knight trilogy like the whole thing batman begins and the dark knight specifically the first two movies and when you watch them and then when you go back and read this you can definitely tell why they pick up a ton of stuff that that they use for the movies and it's yeah it's it's amazing the second you pick up this book and you open up the first page um one of the first lines uh in the uh, close to one of the first lines in the book is like i believe in harvey dent yeah exactly so it's like, you know, right off the bat, be like, oh, there it is. You know, there's the dark, you know, right there. There's, and so, you know, in my mind, I think Nolan took from three. I think he took from uh, this and he took from year one and he took from the Dark Knight Returns. So I think those are like the three books that he used as his kind of jumping off point for his Dark Knight trilogy. Which makes a ton and, of sense because those are yeah. the big three for Batman graphic novels. And this if correct me if I'm wrong, but the long Halloween was supposed to be an extension of Miller's Batman year one. Absolutely. It's still a pretty young Batman. And what's great, and Davey and I have talked about this a ton on the podcast, but this is the idea that Batman himself, he's the one who inspired all of these freaks, like all of these crazy villains. And it moves away because year one, I guess, spoiler for year one, but it's been out forever. Year one, the villains are crime bosses. You're talking about, you know, organized crime and a young Batman and him trying to clean up Gotham. Whereas the Long Halloween is the perfect blend of crime bosses, you know, Maroni and Falcone. Are you a Falcone or a Falcone? Falcone. Falcone. So Maroni, Falcone, the crime bosses, mixed with the whole rogues gallery that is the Batman villains. And there's even references in there where, yeah, they these guys didn't exist until you did, Batman. Like, these guys are all here, yeah. and Batman's not always trying to hear that. The other, and I believe they refer to them. They refer to them as the freaks. Yeah, I think it's the freaks. Book. Yeah, I think it's the freaks. And there's a bunch of them, and that's what I love about it too. We'll get into spoilers because for some of you that haven't read it, I would recommend wholeheartedly that you read this. This is the one. Every once in a while, we'll get tweets or emails that say, "Hey, haven't read a lot of graphic novels. 
what do you guys recommend? And this is always the first one I put out there. Now, the truth is you probably should read year one before this, but even without it, you, I think you can still really enjoy it. You can sink your teeth into it. Because one thing with year one, if you're a big Batman fan and you're used to playing the video games and you're used to watching the movies, year one, you might be saying, you know, where's the Joker or where's the Riddler? Where where are these other guys? Yeah. Whereas in Long Halloween, David, you get like all of them. They're they're all here. You get all of them, and they show up at like appropriate times. Like they're wove, and that's the great thing about it. They're not like forced in. They're just kind of woven into the story and then woven out. Yeah, no, it really it's, like, it's seamless, which is which is really good. It really is. It is perfect. I think he's a he's a great Batman. Again, he's a young Batman. There's also a lot of Bruce Wayne in it, so it sort of melds those two together. You got a decent Alfred in there, and um, yeah, let's just jump in. I mean, I guess if you haven't read it, I would stop now and, and you know jump back yeah. in later on because as far as the the story goes, it's broke down. It's all it's a whodunit, which is everybody loves a whodunit. It's also like the Godfather meets Batman because so much of it revolves around the crime family and the main crime family is the Falcone family in Gotham and sort of what's going on there. The thing opens up Carmine Falcone throwing a wedding for his nephew, Johnny Vitti. So just anytime you have like a big wedding scene, you immediately go to Godfather one. Right. And that's what you're thinking about. But now it's Batman in there and you're right. You have uh, Bruce Wayne telling Selena Kyle that he believes in Harvey Dent. And this Ooh, is they're, they're like dating. Bruce and Selena this. are dating, but they don't know that each other is Batman or Catwoman. Which is phenomenal. And what a great take. By the way, one of my favorite Catwoman suits. I think it's the best bat I think it's the best Catwoman suit. One of the Arkham games had it as an unlockable too. Yep. Which the was, purple one, yeah. And it's also one of my favorite like the relationship between both Batman and Selena and Catwoman and Batman. It's maybe the best ever on on uh, on the page. Agreed. Uh, so in the very first chapter, so the first chapter is called Crime, and, and it's split up 13 issues, and they go through the entire year. So it's the long Halloween, but what it is is it's an entire year. Chapter one is entitled Crime, but it really starts around Halloween, and, and it speeds up a couple of months. Because then after that, chapter two is Thanksgiving, then you have Christmas, New Year's Eve, Valentine's Day, St. Patrick's Day, April Fool's Day, Mother's Day, Father's Day, Independence Day. You have what's called Roman Holiday, which is Falcone's birthday. So that's how they sort of get away with August. Then they go to Labor Day. And then the last chapter wraps it up. It's called Punishment, but it's really Halloween. And then they sort of give you a little bit of like an epilogue after that. And they, they play out the first few months after that as well. And just want to throw out there, by the way, that the first chapter is crime, the last one is punishment, so it's like crime and punishment. <laughs> nice. Just a literary reference there. And also, you mentioned the I Believe in Harvey Dent, but how about just the triumvirate that is Batman, Jim Gordon, and Harvey Dent, which is played out It's a huge part of The Dark Knight. That is right. very much sort of the whole crux of this entire book. And that's what I was going to say. I was, I was dying to mention was that, for me, I mean, the idea of this... Um, you think Batman Long Halloween, you think somehow Scarecrow's involved, and he is a little bit, but what this is about is the basically the rise and fall of Harvey Dent, is what basically what this book, you know, Harvey Dent becoming Two-Face and how yeah, that yeah. happens. And that's kind of the idea of this entire thing, which, like you said, if you watch The Dark Knight, which we regard as the greatest superhero movie ever made, that's a lot of what that is about is Harvey Dent's relationship with Batman and Jim Gordon and how that falls. 
And at the yeah, oh, absolutely. And at the end, and there's a lot of things like at one point, uh, Jim Gordon says that he thought Harvey Dent at one point was Batman. And I think there's a reference in the in the Nolan movies too, like where they don't know. Yep. I think they even accuse. Well, what if Dent? I think actually when they're sitting at dinner, right? Isn't it? Uh, yes. When Dent Bruce, and Bruce Wayne Bruce and Harvey Dent first meet. Yeah. Yeah, and they're talking about like, oh, like uh, you know, Harvey Dent, uh, the White Knight, or whatever. All this shit. Now at the end of the first chapter. There's a uh, a bomb that explodes, a package that explodes at the dense house, and right then, aren't you thinking, "Oh, well, this is where he turns into Two Face." Then, like this, this must was, be like this is the, how they're going to do it, but it's not. Yeah, and the, the character at this point, the character of Two Face has been around forever, so like that's people just kind of assume at the end of this issue that that's right. how it happens. Like, oh, okay, like this is this is going to be their take on it, but it isn't. And so the other thing I love is the. All the characters at the and this is what separates from me anyway. Why Long Halloween's better than Year One or even Dark Knight Returns is because the Batman villains are so strong and they use just about all of them. Here's a quick rundown. Like besides uh, Falcone and Maroni, and you know Catwoman, I would say is more of like an anti-hero. But they have, and I believe this is the order that you see them. You get Solomon Grundy, the Joker, Calendar Man, Poison Ivy. The Riddler, Scarecrow, the Mad Hatter, and then even Penguin shows up at the end, and then of course the transformation from Harvey Dent to Two Face. Right, like, that's insane. Like, and as you said too, they're all used very well. Like this, this is the best Calendar Man has ever been used, ever. Like they they basically turned him into Hannibal Lecter, and right. he was locked up. And Bruce Wayne and Jim Gordon would go talk to him and try to figure out. Who is this new killer? And that's the other great thing about this book is they invented and created their own new killer. Like, they created Holiday, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And which, you know, another character who kind of spins off of that is Alberto Falcone, who's like the cra- – he's like the uh, – who's the character in The Godfather who, um, who gets murdered? Fredo. I mean, Fredo's like, you know, the dumb son who, like, no yeah. one really likes. Right. He was, like, not he's really like part of the Fredo. family. Yeah, he's not a yeah. part of the, the family business, and so he uses that as a slight. And what's also great, so the holiday killings, and, you know, they're much publicized. They they use a twenty two pistol. They use a baby bo- bottle nipple silencer. The handle is always taped on the gun. The serial is always filed off. And then they leave, like, a holiday trinket. So, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it might be, something that's associated with the holiday. What's also great about this is, out of all the days... The only time somebody doesn't die is April Fool's Day, which is a nice little kind of like a homage to that. Although technically, right. New Year's Eve, nobody dies because while you're reading it, you think Alberto Falcone is killed. Turns out he's not. He comes back later on and admits and confesses to being the holiday killer. But the more you read, you realize, all right, yeah, he was the holiday killer, but he's really only one of three holiday killers. Like he yep. wasn't the only one. It's. It's sort of like classic real-life serial killers when they get arrested and then they take credit for all these other ones because they want to be looked at as like the, the, the best or craziest serial killer. And I think, yeah, and then that character of Alberto starts saying that, like, well, now, you know, I'm more powerful than any of these villains in the mob combined. Yes. You know, so that's why he takes, you know, if he just admits or doesn't admit to this, then he's like, no, I'm, I'm the whole thing. He's like, and I want to admit I'm- to all of Yeah, because his dad sees him and he's like hey if you just say you only killed i forget which one maybe maroney or one of them. He's like if you say you just killed him we can figure it out and he's like no and he takes credit for all of them and then you find out that that's not the case oh the other thing i really liked about it is calendar man 
hates holiday because calendar man that was his thing calendar man would kill people based off of dates and like certain yep. dates of the year uh and then the joker also was hunting for holiday because the joker didn't want he's like we can't have two crazy psychopaths out there we can only have one like oh yeah so i gotta find him so the other villains also didn't like holiday which i thought was pretty good that was pretty good. And to shift gears a little bit, the other thing that I really liked about this, because I'm going I'm to forget to say it, so I'm going to say it now. Yeah. One of the great things about this was like how much Gordon and Dent and Batman kind of like bent the rules, their own rules, to like see this through. Yeah. yeah you know the, what you, I mean? You find even a more aggressive... Like, Batman's still not killing anybody, but he's looking to really beat the shit out of guys. Like, he wants to cross that line. Again, not killing people, but he wants to really mess them up. But you figured there was this, I think it was with uh, Falcone and Batman, they had this exchange where he's like, you didn't care when they were just killing mob people. Right. Like, you didn't right. care. So, like, he's basically saying that, like, you're guilty, you're just as guilty as anybody because, like, you didn't stop it. Right. Like, you didn't care when they were killing, like, mob, like, they killed, like, all those Irishmen. You know, right. you didn't care. Yeah. Like but now, that- all of a sudden, they're going after normal people and you care. Like, you can't do that. Yeah, no, that's true. They, so, they give them that, and then there so was the, like that gray area with the three of them. You know what I mean? So where they said they were going to bend the rules and not break them. You know. Well, then it was interesting too, because then at one point, you know, Harvey Dent is finding out information that Bruce Wayne, who again they don't know is Batman, but they know that you know Batman's close with him or whatever, whatever uh, you know he says. But they think they know that he is connected with the Falcone family, and then you find out that Thomas Wayne, before he had died. He saved Carmine Falcone's life. Like, they came to his house. He's obviously a surgeon, and they brought him to him, and then he saved his life. And then so he has yeah. to think about, oh, my, you know, how different everything would have been had he not, had he not done that. Which um, is interesting, because they, they play that in the Telltale series, the first series of that, too. There was this whole connection with the Wayne family and the Falcone family, which kind of bites Bruce Wayne in the ass a bunch right. as he becomes more and more Batman. Right, exactly. Um then again, yeah, the crime bosses, this is early on, too. They, they blame Batman for all the lunatics. And as Davey said, whether it's freaks or lunatics, they're constantly bringing that up, which I think is a, a great idea. And that is something that, like, this TV show Gotham that's on right now, it bugs me because I think it's better the other way around. Like, right now, Gotham is, like, creating all these different weirdo killers. Like, and they're, they're getting a bunch of the villains, which you're thinking, oh, good, like, we want to see the villains. But when there's no real Batman, it doesn't make a lot of sense. This yeah. makes so much Why more sense. Like, there no Batman? All yeah. of a sudden, you have a hero dressing up, and so all these guys sort of took it, and they're like, "Oh, okay, we'll dress up." So you also have a good Scarecrow, Mad Hatter team up, which makes sense. And if you want to read mm-hmm. more on those guys, uh, definitely check out Haunted Night, which came out before with with these guys. Uh, it was it ends up being Maroni on the stand, spraying Dent with acid, and that is what turns Harvey Dent into Two-Face in this story, which I think is a pretty good origin story for him. Correct. And one of the probably the most famous, I would say. Yeah, that, that, that you know, one I like. Stand, someone threw acid in his face. That I think I... that was the first time that showed up. Now, what's crazy about this is, again, we talk about how Holiday ends up being multiple people. I think Alberto Falcone is most likely the one that, if you had to say somebody was the Holiday Killer, I would put that mantle on him. However, the first three killings... Gilda Dent, Harvey Dent's wife, confesses to, not to anybody, but there's that scene at the end of the, uh, I think it's of the punishment issue, yep. where she's down in the basement and she's like burning evidence or whatever, and she's talking about how she wanted to start a family with Harvey. Harvey was always working and all this other stuff. And so was that too much of a stretch to you that his wife would then say, all right, I'm going to go 
try to clean up these mob bosses and go kill Johnny Vitti. She confesses to the Vitti killing the Irish guys, which she gunned down five of the uh, the guys in the Irish on Thanksgiving, and the uh, the guy on uh, Christmas too. I think she killed. She killed all of them. And didn't she shoot uh, Alberto Fucker on the boat? Didn't she shoot him, or did he fake that? I forget. I I glanced at it again when I saw this was coming. Uh, I forget how that one all played out. I think. I think Alberto might have had something to do with that because I think oh, yeah. I think after no you know what it was I think Gilda after she saw Alberto go down she assumed it was Harvey that did that because remember yep. Harvey came home and his hair was wet and he's like oh yeah but even though he's like wearing a hat so something weird happened there so she was like oh good like he's gonna pick it up so basically yeah. she killed a bunch of people and then she was okay with Harvey killing a bunch of people so Gilda's just well, as crazy as any of them yeah and that's and that's the um the craziest thing about that was I, I like that aspect of the story. Maybe it's a little bit of a stretch, but like she had Harvey's case file. She knew that you could use a baby bottle nipple to, and how, <laughs> yeah, how right. appropriate is that, that they would use a baby bottle nipple to use as a silencer when her motivation is that like Harvey's overworked. It's, he doesn't want to bring a baby into this world because it's too dangerous and especially Gotham city. So she's trying to clean up the streets on her own. You know, she has access to all his files and so on and so forth. So, that was kind of a clever thing. And I believe the last line of the entire thing is she says, like, I still believe in Harvey Dent. Yeah. She believes that if she does this for him, like he can be redeemed somehow, that he can come back. He'll you yeah. know, be fixed and come back. And I believe the last line of the entire series is I still believe in Harvey Dent. And Harvey Dent as Two-Face, it is. It's really, it's well, the whole thing is really well written. And he ends up killing uh, Falcone. So you see Falcone. I believe Maroni gets killed as well. So it's like you, you're they're cleaning up like these just straight up mob boss guys. But Two Face kills Falcone right in front of Batman. And also in that last issue, you get one of the greatest like sort of images is all of the freaks, if you will, are all together in Falcone's like penthouse. They're like looking for him or they're they're trying to like you know find holiday or see what's going on and they're all there uh including catwoman who kind of sabotaged and like batman's not even sure what side she's on but she's always on his side yeah in a way but which is great it's another great uh the dark knight does another great nod to that where they even mention that like i think alfred mentions to bruce wayne like the you know you push them that far that they had to seek them out yes you know they were hiring the freaks to come and control that situation because batman took it that far yeah, and that's the other thing, too, is that the guys underneath Falcone are, like, so annoyed because he hired, like, everybody. Like, he had at one point hired the Riddler to try to figure out who Holiday was. He hired Poison Ivy to, like, mess with Bruce Wayne. Like, he hired all of these weirdo characters, which is which mm-hmm. is awesome. So, you're right. It, there's not a better comic book as far as interweaving all these different characters so to where it makes sense and to sort of where you can see just how big Gotham is. And, you know, kind of they all have like their motivations for it. And it all makes sense. You're not like, well, that guy wouldn't do that. Like, that doesn't. Right. Like, cause I, this stands uh, among the, the best. Another uh, another book that probably does a good job with multiple, multiple characters would be Hush. Oh, I loved Hush. Hush is one of my favorites. Too. Hush's tops. I think. Well, one day we should maybe a YouTube video. We'll do like a top five or top ten Batman comics because yep. just those alone, you have some of the best things. So anything else on the holiday killings? Or the Batman along Halloween, Ryan? No, I mean, this is as close to, I mean, if, uh, we never do, you know, we mention it in jest sometime, from time to time, but in terms of, like, required reading, I mean, this is something that, like, if you're into this, if you're listening to us, you're into it, 
And if you haven't read it, you need to read it. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, there are some that uh, some graphic novels, especially Batman ones, that I enjoy a little bit more. But this is like definitely, it can be an argument could be made, and I would listen to it that this is the best Batman graphic novel ever made. I would I would listen to that, and you know um, I wouldn't refute it. Yeah, I would say you're not incorrect. <laughs> There's probably like five that you can make the argument for because after that it's a bit of a stretch, and you're like you're just you're just trying to be different if you think it's a different one, right? You know whether right. it's Dark Knight Returns, or Hush, or Long or Killing Joke, Killing Joke, uh, uh, Year One, Death obviously. Death of the Family, which is another really good one. Death of the Family, I love. Even, even the Black Mirror is a really, really good one, which is actually Dick Grayson as Batman. Yeah, which is yeah, this, and like uh, Under the Red Hood. To like, yeah, that's a good one. But as soon as you get to like Court of Owls, then you're kind of like lost me. But yeah, like, that was really good, and that was the best of the new Fifty Two stuff. But it wasn't. Yeah. It hard hard to stack up with the with the greats that that it is the uh, Batman the Long Halloween and all those other ones. So all right, that is very good stuff. And again, hit us up at Dork Podcast on Twitter. You can email us dorkpodcast at gmail if you have any uh, comments, questions, concerns about this book. Are you ready for the next portion of the program, Ryan? I'm dying for it. Pick of the pod. Pick of the pod. Pick of the pod. Pick of the pod. Pick of the podcast. Now, Ryan, would you like to kick, receive, or defend the goal? I will defer. Or defer. So you will defer. I will go first. I have uh, a couple, both on Netflix. One, I watched Gerald's Game on uh, last weekend. Carla Gugino is in it. Got it. I love her. Yeah, you'd recognize her. So here's what I would say about Gerald's Game. It's a Stephen King, either short story or book. And it's got some misery kind of tones to it. Basically, this isn't a spoiler because this was in the trailer. So if it's a spoiler, I'm sorry, but this is what I knew going in. Uh, a husband and wife go to like a place, you know, kind of a, a secluded type of place on the water somewhere. Uh, I don't know what they're into or what they're not into, but he handcuffs her to the bed and then he like passes out. And like, so now she's handcuffed to the bed. And so how does she <laughs> get out of oh, there? She's full George Costanza at this point. So this was not the greatest movie of all time, but I would say if you really like her, She's in which I do. I think she's in every scene. And so if you get through 10, 15 minutes, and you're like, oh, this is intriguing. Then stick with it. But if you get through 10, 15 minutes, and you're like, I don't know if I like this. You probably don't. Let's just say there's not a lot of change of settings. Like you're if you're either in or you're out. So Gerald's game. And the other thing that was on I, I saw on Netflix was the Deaf Comedy Jam 25th anniversary celebration, which was yeah. very, which was very good. I watched the first 10 minutes of that, and I could tell who the, the woman was on stage. I cannot recall. With uh, It was Cedric the Entertainer. Oh, Cheryl Steve Underwood, Harvey. I think. Cheryl Underwood. So Steve Harvey was so annoyed with Cheryl Underwood because she just wouldn't shut up the entire time. She talked a lot, yeah. But there's some good Dave Chappelle stuff in there. and they, yeah. it's, it's, they recorded it recently, but then they show a lot of old clips. And it's funny seeing guys from like the night, like seeing – like Eddie Griffin from like the '90s, or yeah. Steve Harvey, or you know Bernie Mac, and all this. So Martin was, Lawrence. Martin, yeah. yeah, the host of it. Bill Bellamy was there. Like it was, it was quite a show. It was pretty good. Yeah, that's good stuff, man. Mine is also a Netflix show, which is unfortunate, mm. but fortunate because yeah. now it's all in one place. You get this one stop shop. Good and call. I know, I and I know, I did a, a Netflix show last week with uh, American Vandal. Oh, I started watching that. I've not finished that yet. I watched the first couple episodes, but I'm in. I like uh, it's funny, right? I, I, I like it. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, the other one, uh, Nick Kroll and John Mulaney. Well, it's Nick Kroll's show, but like, there's a bunch of uh, good comedians in it, including John Mulaney, um, Jesse Klein, Maya Rudolph, Fred Armisen. They're in this show called Big Mouth, which is an animated series um, about uh, basically it's Nick Kroll and John Mulaney going through puberty as kids. Oh, no. oh I was wondering why. They, I saw that whole thing on Twitter about them. With uh, you know pictures of them from when they were little, like puberty pictures and stuff. Yeah, puber me. Yeah. Puber me. So uh, that's where it's from. I got it. So it's actually really funny. And both um, all the boys and girls have their own hormone demons. Of course. Which are which are super funny. One is Nick Kroll, and the other one is Maya Rudolph. So it's it's actually a really really funny, kind of gross. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, oh yeah, my God, yeah. Um, but gross kind of kind of depiction of puberty. But the best character in the show by far right now is the gym teacher, also played by Nick Nick Kroll. There's like five voices in of the show. Of course, yeah. Uh, yeah. But the 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 gym teacher is hilarious. Nice. So if you if you want to check out Big Mouth, Big I Mouth. highly recommend it. Right, there you go. Hopefully you have Netflix this week because there's a lot of good. We are stuff. heavy on the Netflix. And it's good. It's good though. It's funny. Every every once in a while, I'm like, ah, do I really need to spend ten bucks a month on this? And then they'll yes, come. You do. Yeah, they'll come out with like three or four things that I need to watch. Let I mean, you got Stranger Things at the end of the month. They they got Punisher later on. I'm like, a lot of the best stuff. You, not always um, very many movies. And if it is a movie, it's like a Netflix original. It's not like like they don't have a great catalog. I wouldn't say of movies. Uh, it comes and goes. Like there's, like yeah. I feel like it, you can pick and choose. Like there's, like if they one good one comes on, they take two off. Yeah, that's true. But you like know? TV shows, and hopefully now Friday Night Lights is now off of Netflix. But hopefully you were able to shotgun a bunch of episodes, like our buddy Mac. I don't know. Did, did we ever find out? Did he finish it? I I actually this is absolutely true story, and I hope Mac is listening to this because this is an absolutely true story. I woke up the other day from a dead sleep. It was like 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm not kidding. And I sat straight up in bed wondering if Mac finished Friday Night Lights. <laughs> I hope he I did. Like, oh, shit. I was like, oh, my God. Because like, in my head, I'm like, oh, it's October 2nd. And I like sat up in bed. And I'm like, oh, my God, did Mac finish Friday Night Lights? I loved how he like, live tweeted a show that has been off the air for like, a bunch of years. And he, didn't even, he wouldn't even put like, you know, hashtag like, Friday Night Lights live tweet. It was just like random thoughts. Like, so you and I knew exactly what he was talking about, but everybody else must have been like, what? Like, who's Tyra? Like, what are you saying? <laughs> yeah. But it yeah, was. I love it. He was like, Tyra's way too tall to be a flyer. That's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> no, Lila was, right. Yeah. Oh, and Lila, yeah. He was yeah. commenting on all the different uh, Tyra haircuts from each season. He's a big Tyra yeah. fan, which I think makes sense. That's it. it makes sense. So, that anyway, seems right up his alley. We'll have to ask him if he saw it. So, next week, Ryan, Dorktober rolls on in a big way. We are doing a three-part Endeavor Top 50 Horror Movies. Now, it was voted on by me, Davey, and Uncle Buck. So it's three lists, and Uncle Buck did the legwork. We all sent him a list of 50 movies, and he mashed it together, and now we have one group of 50. I feel like we're gonna. this is going to be pretty intense because there's, there's obviously a bunch that we left off, and also the rankings, to me, are kind of all over the map, just from, like, first glance at it. Yeah. Because I think so he said it. I think he said 18 out of the 50 movies all three of us had on the list. Which is pretty good. Which is pretty good, and then those then de facto are the top 18 movies. And, like, we'll explain this when we do it later on, but they, they those end up being the top 18, meaning... Let's say you had a movie that you put at 45, I had one at 50, and Uncle Buck had it at 47. 
So none of us think it's a top 20 movie, but because it's all on our list, it's ranked that high, if that right. makes sense. We did. We, any, any of the, if there was any movie we all three agreed upon, and then it was like if two of us said it was in there, and then yeah, it won, right. so they're kind of ranked that way. Right. And then we had to decide. We had to kick some out at the end, which is unfortunate. It was, it was tough. So it's only 50, and we're doing best horror movies. And so next week, we'll kick that off with 50 through 31. Then we'll do 30 uh, through 11, and then we'll spend uh, more time on those top 10. But I think it's a pretty good list. I think there's a, uh, a lot of different types and a lot of different years. So we have some that came out you know, this year, and we have some that came out uh, like 100 years ago. So I think it's a, it's a pretty good list. Yeah, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry to tell the listeners this is a bit of a spoiler. The Night Flyer did not crack the top 50. I'm uh, sorry. It, just, it must have just missed just missed it but that was uh i believe on your list all right ryan one of those bubble teams that just doesn't make the tournament you know what no, I mean? that's true again you can follow us on twitter you can uh, email us on itunes you can leave us a review that's always very nice just to, to wake up to a nice itunes review or a rating uh you can subscribe there so you know when all the episodes are coming out we're also on youtube as well we'll try to get some more videos up there soon just go to youtube.com slash dork podcast we snapchat occasionally you can buy a t-shirt represent.com Go to hashtag dork. We can even make some new T-shirts, maybe. Maybe that's what we need to do. Get some new, fresh gear out there. Uh, where can the people follow you, Ryan? The people can follow me at rvond on any major social media outlet. That would be great. Thank you. I'm kind of hurting for Twitter followers right now. Yeah, would you th- throw Ryan a Twitter follow? It's not going to kill you. Just do that. Follow him on Twitch. You can watch him. You know, play some of these video games. It wouldn't. wouldn't I got hot you. takes. He's got plenty of hot takes, and uh, it would be a nice thing to do on your part. Uh, Ryan, you like to usually leave us, and I think especially in Dorktober where things can get a little little scary, you like to usually leave us with some sort of safety tip or precaution we should be taking. You know what scares the hell out of me in the fall, Richard? What's that, Ryan? Ticks. Oof. You're going to want to, you, you know, I live in kind of a rural slash suburban area. I got a dog. I take the dog out. You know, mm-hmm. we have a good time. His name's Ogie Oglethorpe. He's great. Yeah. Not bright, but great. Well, no, it's all right. We take him out in the woods. We throw the ball around. He has a fun time. You know, tail, tongue hanging, tail wagging. Here's what you're going to want to do. You're going to want to check your dog, check yourself for ticks. Right. These deer ticks are out there, and they are scary little motherfuckers. Yeah. Because uh, you know what? You don't want the Lyme disease. No, God, that, no. That can throw you off. No. So what you got to do is you're going to come home. You're going to check yourself, check your furry friend, maybe jump in the shower after you go outside. Just make sure these things aren't attached to you. And if you get a little bit, bit of a bite that looks like a bullseye, you're going to want to get that checked Ooh. out. Let me ask you this before I l- we let you go. Now, if you were to dispose of the tick, what are the best methods? I've heard several methods. Uh, one of them is just leave it in and take it and go see your nearest health care provider. Mm. Um, I've heard one, you smother it in Vaseline because they actually breathe out of their ass. <laughs> so if you cover them in Vaseline, <laughs> they back themselves up. That can't be right. Uh, here's another one, yeah. the old school one that my mother used to do. You take a lit match and just stick, you just stick yourself with a lit match. Yeah, I like that. Yep. I think My mother used to put matches out on me. Here's what you need. Oh, boy, who do we need to call now? Do we need to call somebody? <laughs> Too I late. Think, here's what you need to do. You need to take a pair of pliers. You need to get in there. You need to pull it out. Pull it out straight. Don't go in at an angle. You need to pull it out straight because if you get one of them bastards' legs stuck in you, they can still cause some damage. So pull That's that. What whole, it is? It's the black leg ticks. Pull that whole son bitch out. Then what I like to do, I like to drop it in the sink and then I light it on fire. You light hey, it on really? fire. Oh yeah, you light it on fire. They're indestructible. You can't just you know squish it. So you light it on fire. Maybe even put it down the garbage disposal. Run that sucker. 
But these things are almost indestructible. So what you're going to want to do is uh, really take care of business. Get out the blowtorch and kill it slowly and painfully if you can. Maybe just burn your whole house down at that point. <laughs> well, now we have to move. There's a ticket here. <laughs> now now we got to go. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 